So I'm going to introduce our speaker. Uh, how many of you have heard Georgian Banov speak before? Okay. About 10%. I think that means all of your stories are brand new to all of us. So go nuts. <laughs> um, so uh, Georgian and his wife, Winnie Banov, uh, are kind of playfully nicknamed the Joy Apostles. Uh, you'll see why in a minute. Um, but they are full of the joy of the Lord. Um, part of the primary expression of the kingdom is joy. And, uh, and you'll see that authentically in Georgian as he comes up. The crazy part is that this guy who's so filled with joy grew up in communist Bulgaria under a very oppressive regime. And uh, he has some crazy stories about starting the first rock band in Bulgaria that I hope we get to hear about. Um, but he eventually escaped, ended up in Los Angeles, and be, uh, got, uh, fell in love with Jesus Christ in Los Angeles under the Jesus People Movement. And since then, he's continued to go from glory to glory in his life, and now is leading big movements all across the globe uh, that are having huge kingdom impact. And so, you know, we're a small little church in Berkeley, but somehow God has uh, given us the privilege of delivering us a powerhouse to come here and share what God's doing in him and throughout the earth and what he wants to do in us. So, Georgian, we're so thankful that God, uh, God gave you us today and that, we, that you took the time to come here. So let's welcome him up with a crazy welcome, Georgian Banov. Yay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. feel very honored. And, of course, Berkeley is... Incidentally, the first uh, West Coast city that arrived after I escaped, you know, from behind Iron Curtain and and uh, got to America, and I worked worked for a while in in Detroit and gathered enough money to buy uh, old mail truck, like U.S. mail truck, <laughs> with right steering, <laughs> you know, and. Uh, so it was, it was kind of a noisy vehicle, and uh, it was kind of supposed to be my home for the journey and however long I needed it. And at the time, I don't know if you heard of the hippies, you know, the <laughs> the 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 sixties, you know, it was like a hippie generation. Some of the hippies are here tonight. They're former <laughs> hippies. Would you guys stand up? Rod and Eileen, our dear friends. And uh, they, they're from Santa Cruz. Any other hippies from those days? So could you please stand up? Yay. <laughs> wow. And uh, so, so I, I, I wanted to, my van to be like a hippie van. And so to have a hippie van, you have to have a carpet inside. It's like <laughs> that was the thing, to have a carpet, you know. So not having enough money, and uh, I was uh, actually work, worked in a garbage dump, uh, develop, you know, delivering garbage or picking up garbage for a season until I got a job in, in the car factory for, for, for uh, Ford, I think. Anyways, uh, so I'm picking up garbage, and I noticed how many pretty practically good things they're throwing away, like couches and, and TVs that work. And, and, and uh, so uh, we were practically uh, furnished our whole house 
with that kind of stuff, you know. It was three of us, uh, two, two immigrants that we escaped and then the third American kid that we found and became friends with. So I could believe what's wrong with these Americans. They, they're throwing out perfectly good things, you know. So anyways, um, this, I needed a piece of carpet. So finally after a while I found uh, just a roll of carpet. And uh, so I, I, I just nailed and glued it to, to my, inside my van. And the next day, the sun heat up, you know, my van, and that carpet started to smell like they must have had many dogs, you know, because <laughs> that thing was just smelly. <laughs> but you know, hippie van supposed to be smelly like that and shaggy, and, and uh, you know, so you just kind of fit. And uh, I'm just remembering all these stories now that I'm in Berkeley, and because I was, I had, I had parked the van somewhere in one of those streets, and for a while, until it got. It kind of got wild and weird here, so I, I headed for Hollywood. <laughs> it, was the, it, was, it was the 70s. It was a pretty radical era. I bet the spirit, spirit still radical, but it, back then it was kind of rough and, and crazy. And uh, so, and so now, now in Bulgaria, uh, we have shortage of everything, food, uh, gasoline, and stuff. And so I want to be prepared. I'm leaving Detroit. I'm going to go all the way to Hollywood. And the reason I'm going to go to Hollywood, because I'm, I'm pursuing my rock and roll career. As, as uh, Ryan says, I, I started, me and three boys started the first rock band in Bulgaria in, in, six, six, in the middle of 60, 65, we debuted on the national television. And of course, we weren't any good, but there was no way to prove that, because <laughs> there, was, there was no other bands at the time. <laughs> 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 and of course, there's only one channel, the television, right? And so like the whole nation is stuck watching the silver bracelet. There's no other thing to see, you know? And, and uh, so overnight, we're, we're the number one band. There's no number two. And we're like... <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so funny. <laughs> Your reaction. Anyways... Um, we dominated the top 10 charts for a while. <laughs> and, and then eventually, uh, of course, overnight we become very popular because uh, young people haven't seen anything like it. So any kind of a place we gather to play, it packs out. And eventually comics realize it's, it's, a, it's a mistake because it's, we're raising like a force, you know, rock and roll, and they, they, they didn't expect that. So they shut us down because it was dangerous for them. And uh, they right in the middle of a concert and unplug their, you know, PAs and everything. And okay, y'all go home. No more rock and roll. That was a bad experiment. So, but that I mean, imagine that for a teenager, very embarrassing to get shut down in front of your fans and stuff. So it it pushed me, and I, in something snapped inside. I says, I'm gonna get out of here, no matter what. And of course, it, probably most of you don't remember, other than the hippies for sure. But there was an iron curtain like a Berlin Wall, and, and practically all of Europe was divided top to, you know, the north and south to east and west Europe. The west was here, the free countries, and east was, uh, east, east Europe was dominated under the Russian, you know, control of communism. So uh, in order to get out, you have to, it's an escape. There's no legal way to get out there, you know. So it was dangerous, very dangerous and risky, really. People died being crossing illegally. We were smuggled by the Polish black market, and we were 
you know, really fortunate to, to run into a good business people, you know. The black market was excellent. And so they smuggled us, you know, successfully. <laughs> and so here we are headed to, uh, to America with like a one-way ticket and arriving, um, arriving in the U.S. And of course, you know, even coming to America was scary for me because the communists uh, hate America, the Russia and all the communism hate, because America is a capitalist country and they're the, sort of like the evil of the world, the worst country in the world. And so they painted this picture. And all, all in my mind is like uh, cowboys and Indians shooting all the time and if you escape that, then the mafia will get you. Something always, <laughs> something bad is gonna happen, you know. And so so I, I'm getting ready to, and we need to raise enough money to, to get the tickets and stuff. And so I'm working in this club in Vienna. It's a funny story, but you guys are such a good audience. <laughs> I'm gonna tell all my jokes now. And so uh, this true story. Uh, so I'm the drummer, you know, I'm playing drums in this, nightclub, and, uh, and, and uh, suddenly uh, there's a noise and breaking glasses and this and that, and, and the owner of the, the establishment is running, and, and next to me is the, the kitchen door, so he's trying to get inside the kitchen, and, and this guy is chasing after him with a with knife, and uh, he, the owner couldn't get to the, to the door, the guy slammed him in the wall and started stabbing him like three times uh, in the belly, you know. And meanwhile, the waiters, I didn't realize, but they all had guns. So they, sh they started they pulling their guns and they're shooting in the air to, to protect or something. And I like freaked out. And so I'm going down under the drums, you know, in the big bass drum and, and trying to hide because I could hear bullets, you know. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what am I doing going to America? And I'm in Vienna, like Vienna is supposed to be waltzes and sweet and, you know, romance and stuff. And I said, this is happening in Vienna. I mean, I'm going to get killed by the, uh, somebody in America. It's like, what am I doing? Like, so I'm just freaking out. But I'm committed. There's no place to go. Plus, you, you can't stay in Vienna. It's a neutral uh, place and you have to, have to go. And, and so... We arrive in, in, in America, and um, like to me, the uh, authority is, is always very, very dangerous because like police in, Amer in Bulgaria are, are scary because they, they uh, uh, kind of like the law in their hand. They can do anything to, to you. Communists are really rough, and, and you never know what they're going to do to you. They, they just like whatever. And, and so we see the policemen, we usually try to go on the other side of the street to avoid any kind of a, a confrontation. But here, you know, I mean, I see these policemen and I'm going, like they're supposed to be, you know, I'm not trying to figure out what they're, so I'm bumping on a policeman. And he goes, oh. I go, I'm just purposefully bumping, but they're, <laughs> they're like, they're good guys. And I'm going, wow, these guys are not bad like the Bulgarian policeman. And as I'm discovering everything, you know, then, then I go to the grocery store. The first, the first, yeah, Safeways around here. It was a Safeway, uh, Safeway, uh, and and I'm going inside, and I'm totally shocked by the amount of food. You know, like in in Bulgaria, the stores are small and empty. Like 
if anything comes to the store, we buy it that day. You know, there's no refrigerator. I've never seen a refrigerator in my life because there's nothing to refrigerate. If the food comes, we get it. And we eat it that day. There's no refrigerator in our house either. You know, so everything is like that. So now I imagine my shock. I'm coming to America, and it's like as far as I can see these aisles of food. And I'm like overwhelmed. Go, oh, my gosh. And it's like I'm getting all this food and I couldn't pay for it. Like, I didn't see the prices for it. It's like, <laughs> so I, my paycheck wasn't, you know, good enough for all. But I, I'm coming t- next week, the war. And so I'm like, half the stuff to leave there. And I kind of, but I was so overwhelmed. And some of these things are discovering, you know. However, in my mind, I'm still thinking shortage and, you know, just never know. So I got my van and I got the carpet on it and stinking, no stinking. And it's just like, then I have a little piano. I mean, I have musical instruments, all kinds of stuff, because I'm headed for a long journey, and I want to get my stuff with me. And then, because I'm thinking, like in Bulgaria, you, you just don't know if the gas station will have gas or not. You're not, not sure. So I just to be sure, so I, got, I got these two drums. One is with gasoline in it, like a 30-gallon do- drum with the gasoline, <laughs> just in case, you know? And then. The other drum was with uh, kerosene, because I, I have a heater lamp. It was wintertime, so I just wanted it to be warm and stuff. So I'm getting all supplies, you know? I mean, imagine those two. I mean, we, I was like a ticking bomb. Like, any time, it got, <laughs> you know? Plus, I was picking up all kinds of hitchhikers. They're smoking dope in the back, right over the drums. Like, it was, it was. <laughs> and so I'm arriving right here in Berkeley, all the way to the west coast, and this is, I guess we took a northern route, and we stopped here, and so I was on the streets, and anyways, this brings all this memory, <laughs> and uh, then got cold here, very cold in, uh, in, in around December, so I drove down to, uh, headed for Hollywood, and, and I got in, 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 intercepted by the, 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 the Jesus freaks, the Jesus people, I don't know if you, you've heard of that, but there was a big revival in the streets of uh, primarily California, Southern California, but it, it's kind of spread all over. But it's late 60s, early 70s, like uh, people getting saved, you know, from drugs and, and, and promiscuous, and they're getting saved, and they were excited about Jesus, and they're witnessing on the streets like time was stopped, like po- all the time. And people roaming the streets and talking about Jesus is amazing. And so I'm on this Hollywood line on uh, this movie theater, to get ready to see The Exorcist, the movie. <laughs> and so, so these Christians are coming, talk about hell and heaven, and I'm going, forget hell and heaven. There's no such a thing. And I'm, I'm programmed by the communists, this, the atheists, right? Don't believe in no hell, devil. Of course, you're stupid. What are you talking about? So they're talking. I'm going, forget it. And so I'm going to the movie, and all of a sudden, all these demons. You know, I don't know if you've seen The Exorcist. Like, you know, like, Whoa! So I'm running out. Where are these guys? What were they talking about? Heaven and hell. I, I want to hear now because I'm scared to death, scared the hell, you know, out of me, you know. But there were no insight. And so the, eventually I, I ran into them again. And so they're sharing about Jesus. And I go, look, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. Uh, but so uh, have you heard of the gifts of the Spirit, like words of knowledge, words of wisdom? Okay, so these guys uh, got an, a, a gift of the Spirit, and the Lord told them to ask me, uh, this, he told them to forget talking to them about Jesus, just offer him food. 
And that was an accurate word. I was very, I love food. I saw that. Food? Yeah, okay, I get that. No need to translate, let's go. So, so, they, so they cooked, you know, a great meal for me. And before they cooked, before we ate, they were cooking, and then there they happened to be musicians. So they found out I'm a professional musician. Oh, good, sit down, and we'll uh, do a concert for you. So they started to play, and of course, uh, you know, I play guitar. So before you play it, you have to tune it. Okay, you gotta do it just right. Otherwise, it goes out of tune. He's playing. I'm going, what is wrong with you? Stop and tune the thing. It just bothers me. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the, the, there was a flute player, and I play flute. Uh, and of course, it's a three piece. Okay, you put them together just right. I could go a little this way, that way. It's gonna be either sharp or flat. You know. So she just stuck that thing and playing like a quarter pitch above the. <laughs> and I'm going. Oh, driving me nuts. And, and, and song after song, uh, they're like, all they know is three chords. Like D, G, and C. And then C and D and G. And, 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 but they're so excited. I'm telling you, almost like, like they act like they're the best band in the world, and I'm a whole stadium. So they're like, wow, and they're playing. And I'm thinking, why are they so excited? They're, they're pathetic. They, they should be crying. You know, they're miserable. Listen to them. But they're happy. I'm miserable. What is wrong with this picture, you know? So when the concert was over, they, they go, how did you like it? I go, whatever drug, drug you're on to make you happy for no reason, Give it to me. I, I want to get that drug, you know. They go, it's not drug. It's Jesus. We're singing for Jesus. Forget that. <laughs> if your Jesus like your music, I don't want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> I'm just joking. I didn't say that. But it felt good to say it. Anyways, you guys are... I feel like, <laughs> feel like stand-up comedy here. Anyways... Food was great, totally amazing. Like, so I forgot about the music. Food was excellent. They said, "You want to come tomorrow? We get more music, more food." I go, "Oh my gosh, I have to endure through the music to get to food." But I guess I have to, you know. By six o'clock next day, I go, "Let's go there," because, and so my mind kept saying, "There is no God. That's stupid. Don't think, don't believe that." But my belly goes, "Oh yes, there is. Get back in there." <laughs> Because I want to eat. <laughs> and, 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 you know, after a while, after two months, my belly persuaded me, prevailed, because the food was so good. But I felt guilty, because, like, look, all I'm doing is eating their food. I don't believe in anything. And, and, and I couldn't figure out why they're doing this. Like, what is their motive? Like, I, they'll never get nothing out of it. They're not my kind of people. And, like, I'm headed for Hollywood. And so tomorrow I'm going, this is just like, I can't keep doing that. So I'm leaving for, I pack my little bag, I'm going for Hollywood. And I'll just give it today one chance. Just out of respect for all the cooking. I just, <laughs> I just go and just whatever, you know. So I'm going away from them and I'm near about Mount, this is in a little town called Ojai in California, right, right above LA, just a little north. So I'm going on a mountain, and I don't know what to say. 
Uh, but I feel obligated to, to just say something. Prayer, prayer, say something. And so I'm arriving there. I'm going, I don't know what to say. This is stupid. Why am I doing this? Get back in there. Get back and just go to Hollywood. Forget. Don't waste your time. And okay, say something and get it over it. And so a thought came to my mind. God, do you exist? I go, okay, that's a good way to prove he doesn't say it. And as soon as I said it, God, do you exist? Vroom, the presence of God fell on me. And now I say presence. I, I, I felt like a, a quilt or something, or like a blanket came on me, I mean physically. And I could feel it. I couldn't see it, but it was tangible. I even changed the acoustics, you know? I mean, it was like so, so real, so real. And I'm going, I'm freaking out. What is that? You know, and, it, and, it, and it suddenly the thought that there is a God, because I was trained to believe there isn't, and I had a thought that there is a God, and of course, the communists are liars. How low? You know, they lie about everything. <laughs> of course, they lie about God, but I didn't put the two together <laughs> until this moment. I'm going, wow, there is a God. And that's, I don't know what is God, but there is one, you know. And, and so I, I, I the, the, like faith that God exists just shot through my body, like physically. And I was like, I was, I was, I collapsed in the dirt. You know, like no catchers, but I just hit the dirt. <laughs> Boom, you know, and, and I shook the entire, the rest of the day, this is the rest of the evening until the evening, shook from the discovery, and, and I was crying, and, and all I could say is whatever this is, whatever God is, I didn't even really know there was a person, let's say, but it's just whatever this is, I want to know, I want to know everything. Everything, and I want to know it quickly. I want to know because I w wasted my so much of my time, and so it got dark and cold. So I, g I got out of the mountain area and then went down to their house, knocked on the door. So they opened the door. They, ah, come on in. <laughs> and usually I'm like headed to the room, to the kitchen, to avoid all the music. <laughs> but this time I did not want to go to the kitchen. All I wanted to do is hang around because then I realized that, 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 that what they were doing, they were in connection with the music. They were connecting to this blanket, this warm presence that was around me. And so I just, just joined them and they were singing. I didn't care about their chords, <laughs> progressions, <laughs> or anything. I didn't even hear anymore other than I just, I just knew that they're connected with this, uh, this God. And so I just just sat with them and there is a singing and suddenly out of their midst um, came like two hands like came two like two arms I could not see the whole arms and the person I could just see sort of like the hands and toward me like this you know and I like wow and it's like they're the hands of you know Jesus they're special hands so I just fell forward into his into his hands to his arms and good thing they had a good carpet because I had to <laughs> broke my nose or something like that. Boom! I fell. Uh, but I felt like he, he put his arms around me. Oh! That was so good. I felt I arrived. You know, I felt like I, I came home. I felt like I arrived. And, uh, you know, and so, so that was my first half a day with Jesus. My you know, first experience with God. And then they said, oh, there's more. Ask him now to to uh, to fill you with the Holy Spirit, because you know, and I go, what is the Holy Spirit? He says, just ask him. Just, it's <laughs> ask him. You know. So I'm just like, all right, asking and this and that, and nothing happens. So I'm just like, 
So tell me more about it, because nothing is going on, and I want to know what's happening. They go, well, just keep asking. You know, he'll feel you. Don't worry. Just keep asking. I'm asking, asking. Finally, I says, listen, it's not working, okay? So tell me what is wrong. Maybe must something wrong with me. He go, nothing wrong with you, man. Chill. You know, you, you've been communist your whole life. You just, just chill. I said, don't tell me to chill, okay? Because I've chilled for too long, and I want it all. If it's good, it's for me. If you have it, I need to have it. And so I had like an attitude, right? And, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and then, and then uh, this particular day, they got to talk. Uh, there was like a shop that we were working on things. And, there was, you know, and they started talking about the Holy Ghost. I said, stop it. Either I have it or I don't want to hear a word of, for that, okay? I can't stand this talk about the Holy Ghost, you know? And they go, okay. Well, I mean, I made a scene. Like, I, was, I couldn't handle it anymore because I wanted to have everything I could have. So they said, okay, okay, we'll pray for you. So they take me in a side room, in the back room. And so I'm, I'm coming up against the wall like that, and they, they're getting behind me to pray for me. And, and suddenly I hear this sound, like huge, like imagine you're in the stadium and there's like a big cheer, like lots of cheering fans and stuff, yeah, like that. And, and I go, wow. And suddenly, after that audio, then all of a sudden, the wall in front of me disappears. And I am in the throne room. I see the throne of God physically. I can see it. And, and the, these angels, the thousands of them, myriads of them, just swirling around the throne. You cannot see God. He's completely covered with angels. And they're like in ecstasy. You can see that. Wings flopping, and they're like, yeah, like that. And, just, and all the screams were from them. They were just beyond shouts. They're like, ah, like that. I'm going, wow, these guys are having a good time. <laughs> and, just like, and then out of, without any warning, this, this lightning type, like, but the, like a fireball is headed at me. And boom, it hits me in, in, my, in my chest here. And, and, and it's good, but like hot. It's like too good, right? Oh, it, too much. Like love, but too much love. You know, so like, whoo. And it's like before warning, a second, second ball. And by the second one, I'm overheating. The whole room now is in, like in flames. And I'm turning around. These guys are just getting ready to pray for me. So I'm going. Bob was the guy that I said, Bob, I love you. And, and he goes, I, I know you do. I said, no, 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 like before this, now I have the love guy. Can you feel it? He's looking at me. I'm going. And then the f now fire is falling on my back, and I'm going, ah, and I run out of the door. <laughs> uh, outside, it's like mountain area, like around March, but about this time, and it's cold air, but not helping me outside. It's not helping me, because like fire is everywhere. And and then I see a puddle of water, like the asphalt had like a, that much, of, like a dip, you know. And I'm like, poof, for that. <laughs> because I'm getting like overheating, like, I, and some, my last chance to, to cool off is the water. So I'm going down, down in the water, and it's worse now. It's like steam, it's like heat. And, and I'm like overheating. 
And I'm thinking, I, I, I don't know what this is. Like, it, nobody said nothing about the fire. They say, they say you're going to go with the Holy Ghost, and you speak in tongues. Well, I couldn't speak in tongues. I could scream. But that's all I could do. Like, ah, you know, because it's so hot. But they forgot the fire, so I don't know what is happening. What is this? And, uh, and, they, and they, like, um, and so I'm like, did, did I something wrong? Did I do something wrong? I mean, who? I, I, I didn't expect it could go to heaven or anything like that. And I certainly didn't ask or nothing. So maybe I did something wrong. I'm sorry, whatever I did. But, but this is too hot now. This, I cannot stand it anymore. Another, another bomb, and I'm finished. I'm exploded. Like, you feel like that. And, and then, I, it just, then I panicked for my life, practically. And I said, stop, you're killing me. And it stopped, just like that, boom. Now I'm wet and cold, you know? <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, why did I say stop? <laughs> it was so good, but... I was unprepared. So now I learned my lesson. Don't ever say stop to God. Say more. More is the word that I know. Do it, Lord. Whatever you want to do, you do it. And so that was my early lesson. Eventually I spoke in tongues. Um, you guys are cool with that, speaking tongues? Words of knowledge, prophetic. Okay, good. So because that's, that's very powerful for witnessing. You know, you need to have this uh, sense of, of God inside you, you know, that talking through you and, and healing through you and, and everything, you know. And so, so that was my beginning. And eventually I, I connected, went to a, uh, I, first of all, I, I, somebody gave me a Bulgarian Bible. You know, communists have burned every Bible, so we don't see it, the young people. And so somebody gave me a Bulgarian Bible and I begin to read. I says, I gotta read the whole thing, cover to cover. I was so hungry for getting to know everything, right? And so I took a vacation from life. I, I says, I gotta stop until I read it thoroughly. So I found a little tiny little box, a little of a little house, and super inexpensive. So I could just read. And I got a little job, making making uh, like a, a pizza and popcorn for a movie theater. So I'd go around 6 o'clock, get the pizza ready and the popcorn. Then the movie comes, and then I clean up at the end. And I get to eat all I can eat. So that was my dinner. And my pizza, my pizzas was like, like this thick, you know? Like I put layers of pepperoni and cheese, like, like a birthday cake, you know? Like, <laughs> and I could, <laughs> and I was allowed to eat. I mean, I wanted to keep minimum expenses just so I don't have to do much to just so I could read it. And so, I mean, cover to cover, to tell you my experience, it's like reading these stories, starting with the Genesis, the Old Testament, and going through. And when I, when I got to, to Abraham, wow, I just, I just, I just because he, he was visited by God several times, actually, but in one visit, he, he said, Lord, just stay right here until I cook something for you. And God goes, okay, so they sit down. And he started cooking. I'm seeing this whole thing like a movie. I mean, just visually. And I, and I go, wow, God. You, I mean, you're sitting here. I mean, you don't have a quick, like a takeout food, like a Burger King or something. This is the king of kings, so you have to fix everything from scratch. No fast food, quick. So they're, 
they got the calf, they're, they're slaughtering, they're fixing it, everything. It takes time, okay, like hours, two, three, four, maybe five hours, and, and Sarah is doing the bread, and, you know, and, and, uh, and, and I'm going, God, I can't believe how you, you like, you're sitting down, you're so busy, but yet you take the time to, to wait for the food. I mean, I've, I don't know God, so I'm learning about God. Through these stories, I'm learning what God is like. And I'm, I'm, I'm just like, wow. And, and God goes, God speaks to me, and he says, well, how else I can befriend humans like you? I have to come inside your world and, and tick the clock. And I'll wait until you get your thing ready, because that's how you understand that I am interested in you. I am, you know, I want to visit with you. And it's not just the food, but the fellowship. Like today we have uh, fellowship over the food, but we talk more than we ate because it's the fellowship. And that's how God shows me how he likes us to be his friends. And I'm going, okay, God, stay right here. I'm going to fix you a meal. And so I'm going in my little kitchen, and my food budget was small, and I found the cheapest thing I can eat, and here's what happened. In the, in the mornings, I have grilled cheese sandwich and coffee every day then at, at lunch I have uh, I don't know if you have that kind of stuff anymore but it was a big box you can buy it's called bacon ants like not nice bacon but like the end part is primarily fat that's all it is and like it's stuffed in this box for two dollars or something like that and it's so practically lard right and so you, you buy that and, and, and a, a bag of potatoes, very cheap. You know, so you just cut up potatoes for lunch in the lard, you know, and put the frying, frying that fat, and just put the potatoes, and that's it. So that, and, and lemonade. That was my lunch every day. And so I'm sure I had quite a bit of cholesterol since then, but, you know, I <laughs> just pray for the food. And so, so I got, I says, God, sit here, I'm fixing this. I'm fixing lunch, putting the thing, sorry, it's bacon, okay? This is fat, like pork, right? Is that okay? Just sanctified, no problem. <laughs> so that, that's about all I have, right? So, okay, and then bread. I said, I got to do some bread, so I'm mixing flour with some water. But, of course, I didn't have uh, leaven, the yeast, you know, so it was a hard as a rock, you know, by the time I can. So, God, watch your teeth because this is, like, <laughs> not very good bread, but that's as best I can. And, so I, and we sit down and ate, and I felt like he really took time to, to be with me for that. And that's how I started my relationship with the Lord. I re read, and what I read, I, you know, become with that. These stories re raised me. These here, like Abraham became my dad. Right there, I got my, my I did physically didn't have a dad. My dad just never showed up. And, and so I had no dad, but now Abraham is my dad. I'm connected. I have a family. And especially the story of Joseph just really, really wrecked me. I don't know if you remember the story how he was betrayed by his brothers. They eventually sold him uh, because he had this um, outrageous dream, right? How many of you have dreams? How many of you have outrageous dreams? And somebody go, who do you think you are, you know? And, but you have this dream, right? I mean, Joseph was given a dream by God that's going to be lifted up and, and raised up, and, and, uh, and eventually he's going to supply the, what's needed for his family. 
That was the dream, but they, they saw it in the wrong way. Like, who do you think you are? You're bigger than us, better than us, even than our dad, like you're le- elevated. And it, J- Joseph wasn't thinking about that. He was just, just telling him what he saw in the dream. And eventually, you know, uh, they hated him because he, he acted like he's somebody special. How many feel like you're special? That's good. Okay, I'll pray for you. I just, I just want to bless you. If you feel like you're special, I want to bless you. If you don't feel like you're special, get there. I'll bless you too. So everybody raise your hand because you are special. So go ahead, raise your hand. Father, I just pray for everyone that's raising hand. Just be special. Be special. Be special. Special. Very special. Special dreams. Special visions. Unique. One of a kind. Lord, thank you for everyone that's raising hands. Wow. Special to God. Special. Very, very special. Beloved. Whoa, this is, this, is, this is what we need. We need, you need a good Jewish dad to look at you and says, yeah, you're my son. You're my son. You're the head, not the tail. You're above, not beneath. You're number one. Number one. Say, I'm number one. You're so scared to say number one. Because religion keeps you scared. But God wants to say, come close. I want to show you that you're my number one. I mean, anybody that is a father know what I'm talking about. Good mom and dad, they, to, the, to them, every kid is number one. But they treat every child like you're number one. At that moment, you're it for me. Amen? God is better than any earthly father, any earthly mother. Like I didn't even have a, even a dad at all and now it doesn't matter because God became my dad it, it took a little while I gotta be honest at first you know I, uh, I related to God as like uh, he's the Lord master you know and I'm a servant I'm a good servant I could do, I do that well and I, I just and I, I related to that and so anything I could serve to others because when you serve others you serve the Lord you know, it'd be nice to other people and, and, and help them. Then, then, then they're helping God. It's like saying you can serve God through others. So I, I'm, good at, I'm good at observation, and I'm good at, you know, and, and I fix things, you know. You don't have to tell me that. I'm watchful, I'm observant. Then, then I, I was good at soldier, because you know, I was a soldier in a, in a Russian army, or under social Russian control. And, and I could obey commands, understand orders, and I get it. Uh, then, then I would be a musician. I was, became a worshiper. And, and, that's, and I was natural. I just started singing these songs because I don't know how to talk to God, right? And so he says, well, just, just go in the middle of the Bible. Boom. And it's the Psalms right in the middle. So anywhere you turn, you just start reading it to me out loud or sing it. So that's how I, I learned how to talk to God through reading the Psalms. And that's how I, I grew in my relationship with the Lord. And then this, this, this night, actually, it was late at night, and uh, my wife and my daughter is falling asleep, and I'm, I'm still staying awake. And the Lord says, he came, came into the room, really his presence very strong, and he, he sat me down on the couch. He sat with me, and he says, okay, you've been my servant, that's good. You've been my soldier, that's good. Uh, worshiper, all that good. But now I want you 
to, to know me as your father. And I'm going. Because I don't know what to do. Like, if you say, jump and do this, I'll do it. But he's not saying anything to do. He says, sit down. I want you to know me now as your dad and you're my son. So I'm like, what do I do? How, how, how am I supposed to? Like, and he goes, see, that's the problem with you. Because you always do something to, to, to get something. And this is how you relate to things. But to be a son, you, you cannot do nothing to be a son. There's nothing you can do to be a son. Because sons and daughters don't make themselves sons and daughters. Fathers and mothers make sons and daughters. So, so I'm going, okay, so what now? You know, I'm stressed, I'm tense, I don't know what to do, it's awkward. <laughs> and, and the Lord says, okay, since you want to do something, why don't you just give me a hug? And so I'm going, how? You're so big, I can't give you a hug. Because <laughs> I've seen him so big, right? He's big. Outside's down. I mean, he talks to me like that. Okay, outside's down. Don't worry. It's like I get so 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 and so as I'm lifting my hands. And again, it's so awkward because I feel like I'm just hugging the air, right? I'm just like, but he's telling me that I can smell his, like his uh, fragrance, his nearness. And and so he goes, okay, get a pillow then. So I'm getting a pillow because you feel a little more physical, you know what I mean? A little more like you're holding on to something. So he comes near me and I'm holding the pillow. And certainly as I'm going up like that, he hugs me in right here. And she squeeze. And I remember this. As he's squeezing me, he's squeezing all fear until I was like, like total vacuum. I have no fear of nothing. All the like, am I okay? Am I good enough? And all that insecurity, all gone. Total absence of any type of fear. And all I can feel is his love for me. Like, and as his love became so, like, in, in filling me and so overwhelming me. And, and I felt like, I felt the full strength of his love I was about to wipe out from it. You know, later on I, I read in Ephesians that he'll give you strength in an inner man by the Holy Ghost to handle that he's inside you. Just to, to, to sustain the revelation that Christ is inside you, you need massive amount of strength which the Holy Ghost can give you. That's why we need the Holy Ghost uh, to, to, to sustain us to be aware that God is inside us. Christ is in me. That's the, that's the number one reason. Second reason, Apostle prays, he's like a father. You know, this is a father's prayer. Second thing, he says, I pray that God gives you strength along with all the saints. This is like a corporate strength to, to, to uh, grasp how much he loves you. How deep. Plunge the depth. Height, lift, rise up to the heights and grasp the so see the two things we need strength is to know that he to understand he's in us and then he loves us 
individual and corporately. Wow. And that's the Holy Ghost strength. Forget strength for the devils. Forget anything. You don't need to worry about that. You, you need the, you, enough for you to pray for strength for you to handle that he loves you. That takes Holy Ghost divine energy or divine energy to sustain that he's in you and he loves you. Wow. That's the number one like obligation, number one thing that we need strength for to feel that we loved, he's loved us so we could uh, show to others we are loved. And then they can be loved like we do. That's the power of the witness that we are loved and he's inside us and he can be inside you. How many want this kind of strength? Okay, Father, I just thank you for the strength that you promised in the Holy Ghost that will give us strength to know that you're inside us right now. Say right now. Say, he's in me. Okay, tell your mind to shut up because your mind is bothering me right now. I, I, I don't know what's in your mind. Please don't tell me. I don't need to know what's in your mind. But I don't like, uh, because we have a secular influences all around us, me too, including. And so we need to tell our minds to leave us alone. Shut up. Because there's no way your mind to explain how a Christ is in you. All you need to do is be in touch with your heart because he's in your heart. Woo! Good. Okay, so just receive it. Say, Lord, more strength. Holy Ghost, more strength. More strength to know that you're inside me. Help me grab it. Help me grasp it. And help me sustain it. Help me sustain it now and in, in, in a couple hours from now. Down at the restaurant. Down at, at wherever I'm going. Tomorrow morning when I wake up, Lord, I need strength for the Holy Ghost to sustain me that you're inside me. Every day, every day, every day, all the time that you are inside me. Lord, I just pray for that strength to give every one of my brothers and sisters, every one of them, say me, 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 me. Nothing selfish about that. So let's ask him, well, help me, help me, help me, help me to understand. Give me the power. It's the power. And then, and then give me more power to, 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 to grasp that you love me. Come on. Listen, life and death is, is in the balance for many, not, I'm not trying to make you selfish right now. I'm trying to make you to be so filled so that you could, gen, you, could exp, you could show others he loves us. He loves humans. Even the ones that don't know him, he loves them too. For God so loved the whole world so that none may perish. Everybody that you face around is eligible to be saved. Everybody around you, not one exception, not one too big of a sinner or anything like that. Everyone could be saved, every single one. And it, it the balance is you, how much do you know he loves you? Woo! So, so just let him love you. Take moments of the day. Take a love break. <laughs> just go away from the bustle and hustle and everything and say, Lord, I want to take a love break. Give me strength. So that I know you love me right now, right now. Not only my, me, but together, that we could be corporate loving body, corporate display of your love. Does it make sense? Yeah. Ooh, I pray for this corporate. And I just want you guys to stand up, the pastors here, Ryan and Suki. And, and also, who are some of your leaders? The, the 
Okay. Okay, come here. I just want to bless you. I want to tell you how. Anybody who's a house group leader or a ministry leader, core leader, come on up. How am I doing on time? Are we doing okay? I'm, I'm finishing. I'm about. Huh? Ten minutes. Okay. Well, I'm just about finished with my sermonette here. <laughs> I gave you like a small version, but we'll. It's just. I, uh, one of my mentors is, uh, you heard of Joel Osteen, but his father, John Osteen, he was my mentor. And, and he told me once, he says, listen, Georgian, know this, blessed are those who preach short, they'll be invited again. <laughs> <laughs> so I try to be short. Anyways, I want to tell you how proud, proud I am, because I was here like 40 years ago, and I was just freezing, it was cold, it was weird. It was like hippies, <laughs> crazy people, druggy philosophers blowing my mind. And I was like, and I just got scared and I left and went down south. And here I'm back. I'm no longer scared. I have 40 years of Christ in me. He's never left me, never forsaken me. I'm the epitome, in, you know, of, of his love. Like nothing can separate me. I mean, you know. Imagine immigrant, refugee, whatever, and gone through every kind of thing. But he has sustained me. He's never left me, never embarrassed me. He's like a really, 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 really good dad. And, and so, so coming back here and, and through Grace Chan, because we met down there at Google, and, and then we did, uh, thanks to her leadership, we, we did uh, uh, 12 hours. She wasn't there. She was with you in the mission field, unfortunately, the, the time. The, but she was the, the, the bridge for that. And, and uh, I remember when um, I finished my little TED talk, whatever it was about justice and stuff. But then I says at the end, can I pray for you? And you know, there were not much bigger group than that. It was like about 35 people or something. But they were powerful. Uh, among them was the inventor of the the uh, Google Google Map. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that guy, because <laughs> I can find my way. You know, uh, the other guy was one of them was the the, the Gmail in, uh, leader of the of the team that invented it, and so all these smart guys. And but at the end, I says, just I just want to pray for you, just bless you. And they held hands, and and this, boom, the presence of God came. And it's like the tangible presence came. And then that was it, a short prayer. And then we got to talking, and they started talking to each other. And for a long time, I mean, usually 45 minutes, they're back to work, and that's it. But this suddenly, it's like the presence of God fell. It felt like a family. And, and they started talking to each other that most of them didn't know each other necessarily. And now it's just like brothers and sisters and loving in each other. And that went on. And Grace, Grace goes, wow, this just never happened. It's like, What'd you do? And I go, and I says, no, she says, what should we do next? Like, this is, this is, and I go, is it okay to say that? And then I go, well, I don't know. Let's ask Jesus. So we went for lunch. We sit down, and as I'm sitting down, I see this pillar of fire coming inside and going down into the foundation, you know. And I go, Grace, I see this pillar of fire, and I think, I think God wants us to worship. That's about the only thing I can tell that this is is worship. We can't do anything else. So she goes, wow. Cool. So what do you think? What do you think? I go, man, we should just serious worship like at least like 12 hours. At first I thought 24, but thankfully 
They talked me out of it. It's like down to 12. <laughs> oh, my gosh, 12 hours is a long time. But I, I just went through it. Like, and several bands came from Bethel and from East Coast, from you know, Texas. I mean, it was amazing. So we did 12 hours nonstop worship. Thank you, Grace. You're amazing. Yeah. So what I want to do is just ask you to hold hands and just, just to see that you're just sons and daughters of the most loved, beloved, beloved, be loving dad. <laughs> and he just, he just, can I say this word? Maybe you freak somebody out, but I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. Because he just says that he not only loves you, but he adores you. Do you know that? C can I use that word? Am I offending somebody? God adores his children no less than a human parent adore their little babies. Wow. And he just adores you. He doesn't just love you. Because you're his kid. Maybe in your mind you're kind of growing up and you're adult, but to, to God you're always his kid. Children of God. Not adults of God, but forever will be called the children of God. So I just want you to feel this family right here. This is his family. You know one thing about family? There's just love between. Like, don't touch my family. Don't, you know, there's loyalty beyond words. Family's blood stick forever, you know? Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Lord, you know, just like you wrecked me when I read the story of Joseph, when at the end the dream came true, I feel like the dreams are coming true to this group here, Lord. And starting with the leaders is for everyone. Hold the hand of somebody next to you, please. Because I'm just praying, I'm just honoring the leaders, but it's for everyone. Yeah. Everyone. If you're, if you're a visitor, uh, you're welcome. Uh, if you don't have other place to go, this is a beautiful place to be, to come. But we're not, we, we just want you to feel at home. We just want you to feel in the presence of God because the kingdom of heaven is about father and a son mainly. And the son is also a bridegroom, it's called. So in, and we're the bride. So Father, I thank you for this beautiful family of sons and daughters and of the beautiful bride. So I just released the sons and daughters anointing. I kicked the spirit of or orphan spirit out. All this not good enough performer spirit, this Ishmael spirit, I kick it out. Like, kick, like God told Abraham to kick, to kick Hagar out and, and Ishmael. So there's no mocking. There's no mocking. In the name of Jesus, I kick mocking and criticism and judgment and and uh, all that out right now. And I release the spirit of Isaac. Isaac. You know what Isaac's face looked like? Smile. <laughs> exactly. That is the Isaac face right there. <laughs> So, 
Relax. <laughs> I'm here to, to get that Gentile face off of your face right now. And I want to I wanna, I wanna infuse you with a, a Jewish face. Isaac. What is the Jewish face? What is the Isaac face? Isaac face says, I am chosen to express, to, to, to know my father's love. He gives me the whole inheritance to me. Come on. It's not selfish. This is what God said. In Christ Jesus, your co-heir. That should put a smile on your face. Yeah. I mean, you're co-heir. Any car dealership, whatever, it's your co-heir. You know, he owns everything. He, he owns everything. So you should, you should expect to have a house. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I am really serious. When children of Israel got into the promised land, he gave them houses they did not build. That's the Old Testament. Come on. Think with me. Like, like get it. Because their New Testament is way better. <laughs> not only houses, we can have blocks of houses. Not just for you, for others. Think about for others. I will bless you and make you a blessing for many. It's not for you. But he has to bless you. There's no way for you to be a blessing unless you are blessed. You are made only for blessing. Say only blessing. Mm -hmm. That's true. So I just, I'm so proud of you. And I'm excited. And I'm just, just releasing his, his blessing more for the whole city. You're not, you called here to be blessing to the whole city of Berkeley and, and either cities around. Amen? And, and, and missions field to go to others, other places, to export people and missionaries in short term. Come with us on, on a short term mission. And then come with us on a long term. And this is what it is to spread the good news all over the world to be blessing to many. Say many. many. Amen. Give him praise. Come on. <laughs> All right. That was awesome. If you want to continue to laugh and be blessed by the Lord, there's plenty of talks online from Georgian. He's equally hilarious every time I've heard him speak. <laughs> I'm even getting your laugh a little bit. All right. If, uh, if you want some prayer, you can come on forward. There's going to be some prayer ministers up here for anything and everything. Um, I especially was appreciating his stories because I feel like some people in the house were starting to get vision for what simple faith looks like and also for what God wanted to pour out on our own lives. You know, when you hear somebody else's story about the Spirit of God giving them a vision or, you know, touching them in a profound way, it's supposed to stir us up. It's supposed to stir us up with some fire to run after him. So if that's you, I'd encourage you to just come and grab some prayer and have somebody agree with you over what the, the Lord wants to do with you in a similar way that he's done with Georgian. Bless you. Have a good Sunday. Come up and get prayer if you want. God bless. And don't forget, go to Global Celebration if you want to join in the, the $100 a month, the kid, globalcelebration.com.